Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Nicole Zoko. Nicole is an educator, teacher trainer, and instructional designer with 10 years of experience in the education sector. Driven by her passion for teaching and travel, she takes pride in providing the support to help her clients use teaching to reclaim lost time and follow their passions. As a learning coach and consultant, her goal is to support coaches in designing, building, and delivering online learning experiences that engage learners using educational neuroscience, resulting in raving fans. Nicole, welcome to the space. Good morning to you. Thank you. Good evening to you. How are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm good. Bright and early. There are some roosters in the background, so I apologize if if anyone can hear those. It's, it's ambiance and I didn't even hear it, but now I will be aware of it. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. So, uh, people joining us live want to welcome you here. Thank you so much for being here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box and be part of the conversation. So saying all that, Nicole, could you please share any kind of fun fact or any way that you want to kick off the conversation before we dive in and learn so much more about you. Okay. <clears throat> fun fact. So I have, I have two. So I want to give you the choice. Do you want, do you want a travel one or just a, a left field out of nowhere? Whichever you feel drawn to share. Okay. <laughs> um, Okay, I'll do I'll do the travel one. Okay. So, um, ever since I was a little girl, I have wanted to live abroad, um, like since I was five. Uh, and I don't know what it was. I think maybe you know culture, language, where I grew up. Um, just there being so many immigrants from around the world, um, and midway midway through my twenties. I 
made the decision to follow that that little girl's dream of mine and um and yeah so now now i'm living as a location independent human being and about to make a huge move um, i'm currently in bali and i'm about to move to europe for a few months wow that's just so beautiful to me that this is something that you'd been wanting to do since you were five and you made it happen. Yeah, it happened. We have, we have that ability no matter what situation we're in. <laughs> we do, <laughs> but it obviously was this fire burning inside of you where it was like, this isn't a temporary thing. This is, this is real. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, um, but I think, Ooh, there's there's some things that I want to mention later about creativity that I think um, add yeah. add to this and and the reasoning as to why I could I could honor that little girl's dream that little Nicole's dream, um, but I I'm going to save that because I think uh, okay. it'll fit in better later. Okay, perfect. But you know what? Now I have to know the left field one, so you're going to have to share both. So what was the <laughs> one that you wanted to, <laughs> wanted to share? Yeah. So um, I don't like foods that people typically love. Um, and I would much rather opt for things that other people think as odd. Uh, so for example, peanut butter. Mm -hmm. I, des I despise peanut butter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, bananas, jam. Uh, yeah, I would much rather like eat sushi or, um, you know, try, try something new than, than eat those things. For some reason, has it always been that way? Um, yes, and I'm one of those people. Like as I said, I'm constantly trying new things. So I'll go back and I'll try to try, you know, peanut butter and bananas. Bananas I can eat with Nutella now. Mm -hmm. So that that's mm -hmm. progress. But <laughs> but yeah, um, my mom tries to say that I liked peanut butter when I was a child, but. I, I cannot remember a moment when I did. Um, You're like, I was faking it if I even acted like I did. So no, yeah. I didn't. Right? Like I, yeah, I just have, I have this distinct moment in preschool where I remember that them feeding us peanut butter sandwiches for snack. And I just, I wasn't allowed to nap because I refused to eat my peanut butter sandwich. Wow. Yeah. But, but you always had different tastes for different cultures and for different and didn't exactly fit into that into that norm. So that's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. This is this is going to be good. So <laughs> here we go. So we're going to do one more and we're going to start with the would you rather question and then dive into our three official questions. So Nicole, are you ready for your would you rather? I am ready. Okay. Would you rather have a pool or a trampoline? Oh my gosh. Now, at this point in my life. Yes. Trampoline, hands down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, but also I, like context wise. So here, here in Bali, most, most places that I've lived, whether it's, you know, a house on, you know, my own or in a, in a guest house where I'm there, where there's like 10 to 15 bedrooms, they've always had pools and I hardly ever use the pool. Whereas a trampoline, mm -hmm. trampoline just immediately reminds me of playing and, mm. 
and that's something I've been working on for the past few years is I just, I just want to play. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. It brings me back to when I saw this one and it resonated when I was young, when we went down to the beach, the Jersey shore, there was a, a trampoline place. Um, back then it was like jumping with no abandon. It was like, literally yep. there's a picture of me jumping and doing a split in the air. And I still look at that picture thinking, oh my gosh, now in my head, I'm like, you could get hurt. <laughs> there's, mm -hmm. there's like all these stories inside, which would stop, would stop me at this point from doing it. But like you say, it's kind of like wanting to have more playing and to tell those stories to screw off and mm -hmm. have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because it's, I feel like uh, as we grow older, we, we put up more and more barriers to ourselves for ourselves, not just with play, but creativity and um, and how we live our lives in the most authentic way. And, and I think trampoline is just such a wonderful, like, yes, there's so many consequences that could happen if you fall off, but, mm -hmm. you know, when you're on it, you know, testing what you can do with your body and, you know, with friends and having fun. I just, I just think of, I think of laughter and mm -hmm. yeah. And play. It's just yeah. such a, such a beautiful thing and splits. <laughs> yes. In the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think every child should have that photo of, you know, them with a huge smile on their face, you know, super high in the air with, splits as you said and, and then their hair everywhere you know yes. because it's that it's it's capturing those moments of really being in the moment and we get so freaking serious everybody as adults it's we we take everything like so seriously and enough enough yes. is enough so okay so here we're going to dive into the official official first question which is nicole how do you define creativity okay um well i think this the trampoline question was a wonderful segue um so creativity is what we are put on this earth to do and you know, since we are little, we are, we are creating, um, we, uh, we start to, you know, string together sentences and build things with blocks and write on walls. And, um, you know, that's, what, that's what we're, we're designed to do. And then, you know, as we get older, we're, we're told that we can only create and do in certain contexts and certain purposes, um, which is really unfortunate. And I think this is what loops back to kind of what we were just talking about the trampoline. Um, you know, as we get older, we, we start worrying about, Oh, where are the consequences if I fall off? You know, um, I know my mom was like, I refused, she refused to get a trampoline cause she was like, I don't want you to, to break anything. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is fair enough. But I, I think that, creativity is this if we are a mountain it is the natural river that is flowing out of us mm. oh that was and, very poetic 
<laughs> I love sorry. that word. Sorry, yeah, good. No, no, I, I'm a former English teacher. I, I just can't help myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's this natural flow out of us, and and as I said, as as we get older, we start to dam up that that river, and we're told like you only use it for art, you know, and and if you're lucky, then you have parents and and a community that supports you at least in art and if you're unlucky then you know you have a community that forces you into science and says that you're not a creator which is completely and utterly wrong in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and you know as when you get older, if you don't have that flow, if you, if that river isn't flowing freely, then a lot of times we have emotional blockages and, you know, it's really hard for us to heal or we get, we get stuck in a life that we don't desire. And, and that was definitely me um, prior to, you know, moving from the U S is, you know, that, that creative flow was completely and utterly blocked um in a way it should have been free-flowing to enhance who I was Mm. yeah and I have to comment just on um what one of the listeners said what's life without without a little risk of bouncing off sideways and falling through the springs (laughs) so yeah right (laughs) thank you for that it's it really is that idea of yeah that could happen. That could happen. But if you don't take a chance, how do you even know what will happen? Right. And what you just said, Nicole, is, is which is really to me, what kind of sums everything up is you knew, you knew it wasn't working the right way, but you took a chance and you took action. You took action on it, which would be great for us. Why don't you kind of take us a little bit on a journey wherever you want to start um, to tell us how you got from wherever you want to start to where you are now? Yeah. Um, ooh. <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's a little broad. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take so that I the point that I that I brought up about you know moving moving abroad. Um, mm-hmm. And I was 20, 28. Um, and so I had, I had a whole life. I had, I had a house, I had a career, I had a dog. I was married at one point. Like I had the whole stinking thing and I had worked so hard for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I would say, like, you can't completely, you know, block your, your creativity in, like, 100%. And so I was still, you know, being creative as a teacher within my classroom or, you know, in my personal life as, you know, with my with my friendships and, and um, exploring new ways to create. But it wasn't in line with who I was and how I wanted to live as a human being. I didn't... I didn't create the life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I created the life that I thought I was supposed to want. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is kind of, you know, 
an awakening. Um, and I was just like, I can't, I can't wait anymore, which is when I, you know, at that point, um, I ended up going off on my own and my, my relationship had ended at that point. I knew I was, I was leaving. So I found a new home for my dog, which I tell you is literally the hardest thing that you could possibly do. Um, but I knew it was, it was best for, for my pup. Um, and I just went off to explore and that's where I, you know, we found who I was and, and how I, how I, how do I say this? Who I, who, who I am and still evolving to be, because we never stop evolving. Right. But how I can bring more to this earth Um, because I was, you know, in my old life, in my teaching job, although I love teaching, it was exhausting. It, it didn't fill my cup. And I, and I felt like the impact that I was creating was peanuts compared to what I could be creating. And, and so being abroad and, and being exposed to so many different cultures and ways of living life, it helped me unlock those, all those dams that I had put up over time. And it helped me heal in so many ways through a variety of, of modes and mediums, but ended up in me creating my business um, and building friendships in a completely new life that just enhance who I am and energize me um, as opposed to block that, that intuition, that flow, that, that creative hunger that we all have as human beings. Hmm. Something that just stood out to me and what you said was being exposed to different cultures and healing. Mm -hmm. That just stood out to me because, and also just kind of taking back into what you're saying is the word brave. I -hmm. see it as very brave. You were just finally, you were like at a, in your twenties, in your late twenties, you owned and realized this isn't the life that is following my passion. And instead of staying in it and staying safe, which many do, you were like, I want my cup filled. Yeah. Yeah. By no means was it, was it easy, easy. (laughs) like but um yeah but it was necessary Mm -hmm. and the more i i think um the more that we intentionally build empathy and that's i think that's what exposure to other cultures did from from even when i was really little um i lived a little bit of context i lived in northern virginia um and we had our school district each school had a different language immersion language program and so we had kids coming from all around not only the u.s but also the world um you know to learn in these schools and lots of expats from other countries and and i remember so my mom told me that when i was a kid you know, I met 
uh, I made a, a friend and she happened to be Jewish. And I got so excited about Judaism that I was like, oh, I want to be Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> And then I, um, I had a friend from Russia and I was like, oh my gosh, like Russian culture is so cool. And then, and then I, I had a friend who actually, her family escaped from North Korea. And then it was like, wow, like, you know, our countries are not like, my country is not like other countries. And, and just from a very young age, like being exposed to different cultures allowed me to be like, okay. Like I'm one piece in this world and I'm, this is not the only way that we can live. And so in seeking out that empathy and, and building that, that's, that's how we heal. That's how we get a greater understanding of ourselves and who we want to be and who we don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're exposing ourselves to other people or actually physically moving to a new environment where you're immersed in a new culture. So where is the first, where's the first place that you went when you left the U.S.? Um, not traveling. You mean like moving, right? Yes. Uh, first place was Thailand. Mm-hmm. Such, such wonderful, wonderful, kind people in Thailand. So when you started this journey... Was there very much of a plan about how long you would be in a certain place or was it intuitive or how did that work? Yeah, so I was supposed to be traveling for six months and um, in Southeast Asia. So there's no like solid plan, but knew that I wanted to bounce around and um, and experience different countries. And then... Um, and then in, so that was 2019. And then in February of 2020, I was meant to move to New Zealand, um, because there's a working holiday visa that Americans can get, um, and we can work there for, I can't remember if it's six months or a year. Um, and so I got that visa. I actually lined up a job, housing, everything. Um, ready to go. And I actually pushed it back one month to March of 2020. Mm. Um, And I was trying to break into a new career because I knew that, as I had said, teaching, it wasn't completely filling my cup. Um, Mm. I thought I could, I could make a greater impact. So, and we all know how March 2020 went. So I, I happened to be in Bali, Indonesia, um, when New Zealand shut their borders, um, which was actually devastating because then I got the call that I lost my job and, um, and I, I, you know, I had to figure out what to do. And I, so wait, you lost your job in the States? No, I lost or my lost... job in New Zealand. Oh, in New Zealand. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. By then I had already, I had already said goodbye to my job in the States sold my house like i i had pretty much closed closed my life in the u.s Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happened next (laughs) yeah so i i decided to stay in bali um 
it felt good. I, I felt like I was healing in a way. I was exploring a new version of myself. Um, and I felt safe to do so. Um, and over that next year, there was, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of, uh, really questioning myself, to be honest. And, um, I got into art again, um, which was something that I had left behind in, in high school. Um, I had a passion, passion for art. Once again, one of those things where I dammed up my creativity and that, you know, that river of creativity, um, and in order to like follow my science mind, um, which is not mutually exclusive. I want to make that clear. Um, I actually use more creativity in my science-based methodologies um, than probably the average person would think. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that year, that year in Bali just was a lot. It was a lot of creating. It was a lot of healing, a lot of exploring um, and mourning, mourning my the death of, of the old me. Um, and and then creating my business mm. and uh yeah <laughs> so and now we're you know two years later and um and just like i i was using you know i was creating safe spaces in my classroom now now i get to create safe spaces um help people create spaces on safe spaces online excuse me mm-hmm. um which really it really does fill my cup the life that i live fills my cup but i put a lot of work into it and and still still put a lot of a lot of work into it and um yeah yeah well it's constantly evolving and thank you very much for your vulnerability too and sharing because i think so many things that you just said and then i want to hear i want you to share more of what your actual business is now that you created but in using those words, exploring, mm-hmm. it's going beyond just the surface of, oh, let's just try this. When you're really taking the time to explore and be vulnerable and learn more about who you are. And like you said, mourning the death of the old me, mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty intense. You're exploring to really find out about things that interest you, things that you realize don't interest you things that interest you, but you suck at. It's kind of like having all of these different, like giving yourself permission to have the time to try these things. And I, I so relate to the whole thing with, uh, cause I'm being a teacher also that word safe spaces. I mean, that's what you do in order to have, to gain trust, to have people know, like trust, (laughs) they have to feel safe. And it's just, it's sometimes people don't realize that, um, that element, which is a key factor to, um, to people trusting you. Oh yeah. And, and to trusting yourself. (laughs) Yes. 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 Thank you. Most importantly. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, that was, that was something that I really was missing in my life is creating a safe space for myself. 
And I think it's one of the reasons why I didn't, I didn't fully embrace my own creativity, but that's what Bali, Bali brought to me is, mm. oh, I need to create this safe space for myself. And I've, it's, it's this like beautiful chicken or egg situation mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, okay, I need a safe space to create, but I need to create in order to feel safe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I love it. In, in in many ways, like when I, something that I've learned about myself is if I'm feeling unsafe or unstable, I'm like, okay, I need to journal. I need to, you know, create, you know, written word in some way, shape, or form, whether that's just writing out my feelings or, you know, being poetic. Um, and that brings me back to myself and back to safety. But when we, you know, when I look outward and I, and I think about my own business and how I help people create those safe spaces, you know, it's, it's part of my job to make sure that they feel that my, my clients, even my, my friends who I create a safe space for, um, that they feel empowered and okay to to as you said explore in their creation process and that it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be the first try is a lot of times if you follow your intuition that there are no mistakes right Mm, right over and over again and the more you do it the more comfortable you get in the imperfections and no matter what context it is. Um, yes. And, and I think that's, that's what I, I help people do is understanding that, like, especially with courses, people want to, they want to push out high quality products. They want to make it perfect the, the first try. And I constantly am telling them, I'm like, no, you can't, you can't make it perfect because people are not perfect. And every group of, of learners that you have coming in, to learn from your course, no matter what the topic is, you know, how to monetize your influence online, or, you know, if it's a business course, um, to help you set up your first business, like, people are going to, they have an imperfect journey, and you're going to have to adjust and respond to that in order to continue to create safe spaces. Hmm. so that they can create the lives that they want, the business that they want, the influencer career that they that they desire. So this is a perfect segue to tell, give us some more detail about what your business is that you created, please. Sure. So I am a learning coach and consultant, um, and I help mostly coaches, but also solopreneurs and small companies build learning experiences um, online. And so this can range from masterclasses to courses to boot camps um, to even retreats. Uh, But the idea is that I help people who are experts in their fields, but aren't expert teachers. And um, and so I bring that, that expertise and, and we talk about how to create incredible learning experiences that actually achieve results. Um, 
especially when, you know, everybody and their mother is creating course. Um, but we're, <laughs> how do I say this? We're basing it off of a school system that doesn't necessarily work. The institution doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm helping them actually create education instead of school. Mm, helping to create education instead of school. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the neuroscience, were you, um, mm-hmm. were you studying that when you were in the, in the, when you were in the classroom um, or is that something that came after? Yeah. So I, I was very lightly in the classroom. So I would do a lot of mindfulness techniques, especially I, I taught um, 10th grade English. And for those who are not in the education world, 10th grade is when <laughs> our kids get tested the crap out of them. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, and so it, it can be like super stressful and there's a lot of pressure to perform. And so I was using neuroscience. I was teaching my students about how their brains work how to um, empower themselves, whether it was in the testing setting or, you know, at home when they got in a fight with their parents, um, how to use mindfulness, how to understand that this is how your hormones are working, your brain is working, um, and that you have the power to change your mind <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and shape it. So I was using it in, in that way. And then, of course, I was using it within um, the teaching context. So, uh, you know, how, how we can engage learners, but it didn't, it didn't exactly, um, take a front and center, uh, front and center stage, if you will, Mm -hmm. until, until I opened my business and was like, Oh, like adults need this too. Like, yes, I, (laughs) <laughs> like I, I felt, you know, sitting in professional development sessions, um, buying my own courses, like I felt it on my end as a learner, but I, it didn't click until I opened my business and, and really understood like, oh, people have no idea. They just think, they think that education is lecturing. Um, hmm. And then I, I just dove deeper and deeper into the neuroscience of it. And then I started to understand, okay. People, people need to understand how the brain works. That's why they keep on making this mistake of, of talking at people. So yes. that's how it integrated into my business. <laughs> yes. It's that whole, um, uh, God, I can't tell you how many times you just zone out and you can see when people are zoning out, when the blank stare is happening, when you're just being talked at instead of being spoken to yeah. and in- and engaged. It, it's like that difference. It's a completely different energy and you can totally see it. And I knew that when I was, I taught art and I knew that when I was uh, in front of the class, I had about two minutes to get their attention and mm-hmm. I could see them to completely check out um, either just bored or behaviors. They weren't engaged or pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and we forget, we forget that like adults, we work the same way too. (laughs) Yes, we do. Like uh, it's, it was amazing to me sitting in professional development and they were telling us that you need to use these engagement methods with your students. And then they didn't use the, 
that those engagement methods. <laughs> so true. And teachers are the worst, I have to say. And me being one at a time, like they would talk when when the speaker was talking, they'd be sitting there mm-hmm. on their phone, they'd be completely, yeah, just kind of doing the complete opposite of what you would want your students to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they were bored. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I think it's a, well, how this, I think, translates into what what I do is, I think, so many people put the ownership just on the learner when it comes to online courses yes. because that's that's what we're taught to do um we're taught to say okay you want to learn this you're going to pay me money for the the knowledge i say that it's a learning experience it's actually not i'm just giving you uh, uh what is it called like a, a collection of of information and then you can learn it on your own but the reality is is once again, difference between education and school is, it, you know, education is actually facilitating learning. It's a back and forth. It's a, it's feedback loops. It's having conversations. It's not, you know, distraction. Um, it's being excited to, yes. to focus. And, and really it, it actually, the foundation in my business is, is the doing part, which is the creating. And that's what a lot of um, adult learning misses. They, you know, they kind of push these skills and knowledge and, and (laughs) yeah, more than half of my job is, is helping people facilitate the doing, um, the creating part of the learning process, uh, because that's where real learning happens. Yes. Yes. I, I just, it's just so beautiful that you really, um, combined and really made it your own and just like what I called it using teaching to reclaim lost time and follow your passion Mm -hmm. just really um integrated it together and uh you're on a journey you're on a journey and it's just which actually leads really perfectly into the second question which is answering and diving in just a little bit more of how you incorporate more creativity into your own life. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So I I mentioned this before a bit. So I journal quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So written word. Um, I tend to, so I'm, I'm a CrossFitter. That's another fun fact about me. Um, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so when I, I will oftentimes like create workouts with, with, with my friends. Um, and I also see creativity a lot as problem solving. Yes. Um, and so I'm constantly, um, I've always been an athlete, but CrossFit is pretty new to me. Um, and so within that I'm, I'm always finding creative ways to challenge my body and mind while also playing and having fun and, you know, ensuring that I'm healthy. So trying new sports and trying new moves and like feeling a little bit, feeling safe, but ah, this feels a little bit uncomfortable, which there's a difference Mm -hmm. between safety and discomfort. Um, Ooh, so, nice. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so 
every everyday things like that and of course in in my you know with my business help i mean i help people create uh for for a living so um asking asking questions is a, is a huge 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 thing for for me um so anytime i go into a coaching session i'm like okay where's my list of questions are these are these the right ones for for this person for this for their content area for what they're creating um is this going to get them uh back to their their flow their natural flow of creativity and and building something that's that's wonderful that that reflects um, who they are and and will facilitate a wonderful learning experience so it's very individualized oh yes and i have i i have a methodology but um yeah it's different for every single person because not everyone's the same you know mm -hmm. and and as we know as teachers like everybody shows up as a teacher um very very differently so it's important to be authentic and real and if i can't if i can't get people to be authentic and real in their the learning experiences the courses that they're creating then they're not going to get the results that they promise their clients so right it's kind of like that when you're when you're putting on a persona of somebody else it's like telling these lies and then you get caught up in the lies and then it's like you lose yourself and you're not giving results <laughs> it's just yeah. too much to keep track of you know instead of what you're saying of being authentic and real and then uh you can show up as you yeah and it's i find it interesting i um you know you had mentioned earlier the the glazed eyes kind of thing um but i think of you know i taught middle school and high school and they see right through yes. being fake and they will especially where i taught they will eat you alive <laughs> like, yes yep <laughs> um you know and it's just kind of like trial by fire and you know whereas on the online space people will buy and then they won't finish the course or they they'll go radio silent. They won't, you know, share mm -hmm. their transformation because they're not getting a transformation from what they're learning from you or, you know, um, it looks, it looks very, very different. Um, and we just, we're so disconnected, especially as adults. Like we, we take this hyper ownership of the learning process when really it's, like I said, it's, it's very, feedback loop oriented and we can't see those glazed eyes and and people don't you know sass us out of the classroom online <laughs> like mm -hmm. they do <laughs> like mm -hmm. they do in person with a 16 year old <laughs> but at the same time wouldn't you say that there is i i remember when first entering the um the online world that this one mentor that I had was like, you can't, it's not for the week. Like you have to show up a certain way or else you will not get people's attention. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, but that, that can look very different for different people, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember, 
there is a story about about a teacher who is super introverted and um and it was it, what did they they talk about i think she had an english classroom um but they people would say that she had her students eating out of the palm of her hand and she never raised her voice and she always spoke spoke softly and you know this is in a school where kids are constantly trying to speak over you and to be heard and that wasn't happening in her classroom mm. you know she wasn't yeah. speaking over them she was drawing them in which it just gives me chills to to think about you know yeah. um whereas you know for me grabbing kids attention it was about you know vulnerability and telling stories and mm-hmm. you know uh, being being real whereas other people it's it's stepping on a stage and being entertaining and funny um yeah but no matter what i mean you're right you you've got to you've got to grab their attention whether they're they're 5 16 or 45 mm-hmm. um you have to be like hey I'm like, this is worth paying attention to uh, in your own unique way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a beautiful story. And understanding that each person comes with a story as well, even when they're five years old and when they're 45, you don't know what somebody has told them, um, said what's appropriate, said what's not appropriate or anything like that. Um, It starts really young. But then when I've worked with people who are in their 40s and we were about to do a hands-on with Clay and uh, I said, has anybody ever, you know, had a bad experience or been told that they're not good at something? And then a man in his 40s was angrily saying that his middle school teacher broke everything that he ever made in ceramics. And he was pissed, you know, and in his, in his life, in his world, that's what he believes is true. And I'm, I would most probably say knowing the material that his teacher, you know, stuff happens with clay. Um, uh, If you wedge the clay well enough, what happens in the kiln, air bubbles, all this kind of stuff. But what that time was for me was like you said, listening is so important in so much of an aspect of creating these safe spaces because making someone feel validated. And um, then when we had the creating time, he he created and everything was great. And when we took it back to the studio, I can't tell you how many prayers I said over that kiln um, (laughs) that everything was gonna be okay. And it was. His piece came out safely. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to see his reaction to it. But I say all that because of that whole thing of, you know, this is what he believed to be true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you don't know people's stories until they tell them. Can you, I, I just can't even imagine, you know, the, you're talking, I mentioned the river of, of creativity, like how many dams that that belief that story has created in his life or that has built in his life that has prevented him from creating so true so true 
So true, because just those little things, everybody, it's the little, you would perceive them as little, build and build and build. And that's such a perfect metaphor is the idea of a dam because it builds up. It's like another pebble on top, another pebble on top, mm -hmm. another pebble on top, and it just blocks. Or somebody just says, well, you know, elephant isn't supposed to be purple. What are you doing? Like all of these little things that build on top of each other. And then people think, oh, well, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm stupid. Um, whatever, whatever it may be. That metaphor yeah. was a really good one. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I really, I hope that one, that dam has start to, started to fall away for him. Mm -hmm. and that he can embrace, you know, rewrite that story, um, recreate that story through creativity. I, I, I truly hope that for him and for everyone else who, who has built up those dams. Like, and it doesn't happen in a day, but it happens over, over time. You know? I would love for you to... to kind of give your opinion a little bit more before we get to the third question, because it's crazy that we're getting to the top of the hour soon. But um, you said about using creativity in science. Yeah. What does that look like? Because ladies and gentlemen, why, why this podcast exists is to break down these barriers of this uh, typical definition of what creativity is, you know, beyond drawing and painting. So please tell us what, what that means mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, I, I think, um, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about this. Um, mm. So science and art are not siloed subjects. They are meant to be intertwined and to use one another to elevate each other. Um, and I truly think so even even the if we take the the baseline of of, of science scientific experimentation um, creativity has is the vein that gives it life um, <laughs> oh my god I love that yeah it's just you know the scientific experimentation process is you have a hypothesis which you have to create right you have to you have to daydream about it you have to be like oh what if you know and and i think that this is the this is what's going to happen and then you have to create a whole methodology in order to prove or disprove i mean if we are sticking with the original scientific method, like to disprove your, your hypothesis. Right. And mm -hmm. that, th that creativity in and of itself is, is brilliant. I mean, there's so many different ways that, that you can test a hypothesis and, you know, I think that people who are great scientists are also great artists. And they're great creators in general because they're they're creating in in their space um i think of of all the scientists or all the books that i've read by people who are scientists 
and they're some of my favorite books. I think of Quiet um, by Susan Cain, I believe. Um, and I'm like, you know, talking about the power of introverts in an extroverted world. And I just, the way that she created uh, that book and wrote that book resonated so much with me and, and my understanding, um, deeper understanding of, of introverts. And it's because she integrated, she was creating and she was embracing scientific method. And yeah, I just, I think if more of us, especially in the science and math world saw ourselves as creators, because I do see myself as a scientist, like teaching is both a science and an art. You have to have both. If you have one or the other, then mm -hmm. you're not going to get results. Yes. But when you, when you have both, that is when you create ripples that you can't even fathom how far they reach. Um, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Here, I have, to, I have to give a sound effect for this. Here we go, we're, we're clapping everybody. <laughs> oh my God. Just the whole idea that you said creativity is the vein that gives it life. Oh my God, everybody. This is the whole thing is we're freaking creators. Like if, if you listener could see yourself within this light of being a person who has an imagination, you have to visualize, you have to, you, you create your words, you create your thoughts, you create, every moment is created. Mm -hmm. And if we take on this, this angle of life is happening, is it happening to me? Is it happening for me? Am I a victim? Am I really actually, there are times when it's, I, I can say for me, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, that sucks. <laughs> But at the same time, it's creating contrast for something that I'm like, mm, that's not working. So what else are we going to create? Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we turn this? How can we like, oh my God, just so much of what you just said, like, ladies and gentlemen, we need to embrace this. And when you see yeah. yourself as a creator, oh my God, does your world change? Oh my gosh. Yes power I, yeah I, I want to slip a little um a little uh, science and uh creativity nugget in here as well because i think this is a good spot for it um <laughs> dr huberman says that the eyes are the only external facing part of our brain mm -hmm. and that when we start to see ourselves as creators, we are then able to curate and create what we see around us. Hmm. And what we see will then be internalized into who we are. So hmm. for me, I needed to leave the country that I'm from. I needed to leave the US. I needed to see 
I needed to to see, to feel, to experience these other cultures and and people and food and ways of life. And once I saw it, then that's when I started to heal within me and become a better creator, right? Mm -hmm. And so even if you, if you feel, if you personally feel stuck, start curating and creating your environment around you. So create a piece of art, you know, that, that um, helps you envision the life that you want. You know, if you want to eat healthier food, put healthier food in your fridge and you will see that and you will automatically eat healthier, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we create our own lives and and we cannot forget that that is within our power. Um, As you said, it's not, life is not happening to us. We, We are creating it. Hmm. God, we could talk for hours and hours. So this is kind of like going to the third question, which is a little repetitive, but at the same time, it puts a nice little bow on it, which is, why do you think creativity is important? Um, because it's what we're put here on earth to do. <laughs> That's simple. Yeah. I mean, as I said, you know, if we are a mountain, if we are each individually a mountain, we all have, have rivers that flow from us. And that river is creativity. We are from, from the dawn of time, we were creating the wheel, fire, exploration, discovery, like we cannot evolve without creating. Mm-hmm. And if we do want to be, if we do want to evolve as individuals and as societies, then we have to let, let that river flow. And the more that we dam it up, the more we're going to be disconnected, not only from ourselves, but also from other people. And yes. creating is just such a beautiful way to, as I said, connect with ourselves, but, but also others. We're, we're meant to, we're meant to be creators. We are meant. We build up the dams, we build up the walls, and then you don't. We don't see ourselves as a community. We see ourselves just as a bunch of individuals, and yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. That does and, not work. Yeah, and I and I think of as you said that, it just made me think of. There's very rarely a mountain that stands on its own. Hmm right? We're, we almost always, you almost always see like a range of mountains. And from that range of mountains, like each mountain has, has rivers flowing out of it. And eventually those rivers come together and they flow into a bigger river, right? And then they spill Mm -hmm. into a sea or an ocean. Mm -hmm. And, and that very, very much so is, is how we create you know, we all, we all bring something, we all create something in, in our, in our space. And then it all full and provides life and nourishment and connection. And 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> you kind of just went out like in and out for a moment, but oh my God. Okay. So before I, I I'm going to try out this sound effect. Let's see what this sounds like on, on all that you just said. Uh-oh. Oh no, that's not what I meant. I thought it was going to, because it said, oh. <laughs> disregard that because it said, oh, I thought it was going to be like an, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> which would kind of reinforce that what you just said was just like this mind blowing, like, bam, like, oh, moment. So there's my own sound added on there. Um, Nicole, <laughs> how can people connect with you? Yeah. So, um, please do connect with me on Instagram at Nicole Zoko. So N-I-C-O-L-E-S is in Sam, Z is in Zebra, O-K-O. Um, and, you know, yeah, message me. I'd, I'd love to have a chat about creating and, and building safe spaces, if, if that's your thing. Thank you so much for taking this hour to start off your day and hang out and chat with us. So, so, so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I love this conversation and thank you for listening and asking great questions. Oh Oh my God. It's just so inspiring, truly. So before we say our official goodbyes, is there anything else that's kind of top of mind that you're just like, Ooh, let me just add this. Or do you feel good? Oh, um, I just want to remind people that that river is always flowing. Um, you just have to let it do its thing. And, uh, and that's completely possible. No matter how many dams you've built up, mm. you can take them down. It's all possible. It's all possible. So again, Nicole, thank you so much. Those joining us live, we so appreciate you. Those catching the replay, we know that you could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you spending it with us. This whole space is about sharing stories and connecting. And I just believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever to inspire each other. So wherever you're listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and we'll be talking to you really soon again. Goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. (laughs) Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore there's creative shui which is seven elements to join happiness through the publishing house express yourself publishing multi-author books coffee books solo book opportunities it is all about expression all about it and it's again just trying these things 
and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.